This week's episode of Aussie Tech Edge is brought to you by Start New Company. Register your company immediately today with ASIC. ABN, TFN, GST registration is also available directly from the portal. Also set up your family trust and self-managed superannuation fund and more. All at startnewcompany.com.au. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash startnewco and keep an eye out for our regular specials. Start your new company now within 10 minutes of lodgement. All legal company documentation provided after registration. startnewcompany.com.au. Also brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au. All our servers are operating on SSD drives, immediate activation, SSL certificates, Aussie support, domain registration, and more. Easy install WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, and 300 other one-click installations. Generous space and bandwidth, auto backups, WordPress help and maintenance plans are also available on contact. If your webpage is important for your business or your life, contact us today. Aussie support, secure services, athwebhosting.com.au. And now for the show. Welcome to episode 689 of the Aussie Tech Heads, recorded on the 13th of August, 2020. I'm your host, Jason Oakley, and this is my co-host, Will Tompkinson. Hey there, Will. Hey, mate. How goes it? Good. How's things up your way? Uh, hot. How's things up your end? Hot. It's <laughs> <laughs> the same answer. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm sitting here with the... Hot, wet and sticky. Short, shriveled and slightly to the left. Um... <laughs> I am sitting here with the fan on at the moment. Jeez, dude, I've got a jumper. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's just the weather's just stupid. Oh, what's going on? We're supposed to have massive storms on the weekend, so that'll be fun. Oh. I'm still waiting for a good shower to <clears throat> test out my new guttering. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you got a lot done. Had a little bit of rain recently, but um, nothing major. Although I did, I did take your advice recently, so how about that? I don't believe that for a second. Well, no, I told you I was moving my uh, home loan to a new bank because somebody oh, yeah. would give me a good rate. And I set up a separate account, transaction account on there just for internet stuff like PayPal and that. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's, it's, it's a simple thing to do and it really makes the whole security thing takes it out of the equation because it doesn't matter if somebody gets a hold of your PayPal details because there's no money in the account. Like it, it kind of just makes life so much easier, you know. Yep. Um, the worst thing they can do is give you money. Yeah, <laughs> please do. <laughs> that's, that's sort of the worst thing that can happen, you know. Um, no. Uh, but, how, how can people give us money, Mr. T? How can people give us money? You mean people like uh, Chris and David Bird and uh, Daniel and uh, Amanda D and Bouncing Yellow Skull and uh, uh, CD Envia. Um they can go to uh, patreon.com slash Aussie Tickets and uh, you can find that would us be there. Good. Um, you can give us as much or as little as you want. You can make a one time donation or you can um, or you can make a monthly reoccurrence. 
Um, we are currently making enough to cover our streaming software every month, so that's a bonus. So that's one one less thing we need to cover. And um, the more that, uh, you know, obviously we're not monetized on YouTube or anything like that. We don't have sponsors per se. Um, so the more that we can, you guys can help us out, the more that we can put back into the show and make the show not suck as much as it currently does. And the more of us you get, <laughs> lol. Well, yeah, okay. So there's not always benefits to everything, but, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? We're deeply sorry about that. <laughs> So it's um, it's uh, yeah. They had a couple of messages through the Patreon there, and one was from um, C. I think it's C C Denview. I'm not 100 percent sure on that pronunciation, but he just says, "Hey guys, thanks for awesome podcast." So he's clearly listening to the wrong show. I listen to you during my weekly run. By the way, one episode of your podcast is about eight or nine k's long on average. If you ever wondered, keep it up. So thanks for that. And I had a message from somebody else. I can't. Remember, I think it was in the chat last week or week before. They said they listened to um, uh, the podcast on their way to work and they said it one podcast gets some like, whatever it was, 12 stations or <laughs> it was on the train. <laughs> so it's good to know that um, people time us via their activities. So, that's, so now we almost have to keep our show over an hour. It's like, it's like a rule now because everybody expects it. <laughs> and we're very sorry the podcast was broken a bit. Yeah, we had issues with... Um, with our host there for a couple of weeks. Well, it wasn't their fault for some, for whatever reason, just the feed. Apparently, there was a lot of uh, podcasts actually had this issue. There was a problem with the feed going into iTunes and a few other places. It just wasn't picking up the RSS correctly. Um, but that's been resolved and been fixed now. So if if it has, if you haven't got the last two weeks episodes, which I believe it was the last two weeks that hadn't gone up, they, by the time you hear this, it should all be fixed. Just go refresh your feed. They should come through. Um, you can listen to three shows on the way to work. Yeah, so now you've got to run for three hours. I sucked in. And 36 stations. No, <laughs> 9K runs, so and now you've got to do a 27K <laughs> run. So, yeah. But aren't you We're like helping you make you more fit. <laughs> you had a rest the last two weeks when you couldn't listen to it, so it. get back into it, son. See, we help. Who says we don't We don't value your opinion? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it's... um, But, yeah, no, uh, you know... We, we don't expect you guys to, to donate and we're glad for the few people who do and it, it, but just you know it does all go back into the show and it does help um, you're our favourites and, and um, hopefully we can get Glenn a PC that was made this century so that he can like stream and <laughs> stuff so <laughs> he might need some tech support from you to help keep it going and get it going uh, yeah well he's running out of options it's, you can't get, can't get it from anyone else the water's shut now so oh <laughs> Uh, have to go dear. down to MSY. No, I, I don't have a problem. I mean, I would never go there for tech support or help or anything useful, but if I know what I want, it's well, a great place they to don't go. Have any. <laughs> but to go there and great pick up... prices if you yeah, know what you're doing. Their prices are fantastic. Hey, uh, Steve, how you doing, mate? Um, yeah, the prices are, are great. They're the same as, as in Brisbane. We've got a couple. We've got MSY. We've got Game Dude. Newmart. And Newmart are the three sort of um, big players out this way where I'm at Ipswich you've only got MSY which is fine further into town you've got Game Dude and New Martin it depends on what you want but 9 times out of 10 MSY is still cheaper anyway even including freight um, yeah. but don't expect any sort of help or support or warranty cover or anything from them because <laughs> they're freaking brain dead useless but their prices are good so if you know what you want you know what you're after um, 
Otherwise, if you don't, go to a decent computer store like an Ipswich. There's A1, I think it's number one or A1 or number one computers where I got yeah. mine from. And um, they like went above and beyond. Like Their prices were a little bit dearer, but I was happy to pay a little bit dearer to get them installed. They're covering, the, they're putting a five-year warranty from end to end on the system. Um, they're covering the warranty. They're doing everything. They come bring, bring it back every 12 months. They service it. They clean it out. They check everything. So, pfft, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was like me, my new one I got from PLE in Melbourne. They put everything together, install Windows on it, get it all up and running. Anything goes wrong, I just contact them. I had a power supply die. I thought, oh, I'll just go into town and buy another one. I went to all the shops in my tiny little town. They're like, that's a modular gaming power supply. We don't stock those because nobody here can buy them or afford them. We can get one in for you maybe a few weeks. So I was like, oh. And I went to one place and I, I had a, I think I've got a thousand watt or something in here. And he's like, well, I've got a 750, but it's going to be like a couple of hundred to three hundred dollars or something. I was like, oh, don't worry about it. So I contacted PLE. They're like, dude, it's under warranty anyway. We'll send you up one tomorrow. Yeah. Done. Yeah, that's it, and that's that's a good thing about having, you know, building a system yourself is fine. Um, the only the only downside of doing that, and the reason I didn't do it this time, is because I don't have the time to troubleshoot. Mm. This system, when it died a few weeks ago, were having all the issues with it, which, by the way, it turned out to be a faulty uh, USB three hub. Um, oh. Was sending wow. the wow. 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 sending the five volt rail as shorted with the data rail, and sending the five volts up the data rail. So that's the problem. But um, took it in there and they couldn't find a problem with it, but they kept it all day around benchmarking on it. They cleaned it all out. They replaced a fan that was noisy that I didn't even ask them to do, you know. So it's great because it's one less thing I had to worry about. Um, yeah. It cost me, what did it cost me? Because they did a whole lot of other stuff as well. I think I paid like $35 or something for you know for like a full day's worth of work and a couple of things replaced and this and that and it's because i can you know, do it doesn't mean i want to do it yeah that, somebody else can do all right. the you complicated know, stuff if Go it was ahead. if it wasn't my daily system if it was my server or you know the laptop or whatever not a problem fine I, I can it can take me two weeks to fix it and it's not an issue when it's my daily system i needed it done you know, so I'm glad I paid somebody to do it because I took it in there. He, it's broke. Fix. You know, yeah. <laughs> and the problem solved. But don't expect that with like, uh, we've got a computer from Officeworks. We've got a Lenovo from Officeworks, and we've got a HP from Harvey Norman. I think for the work computers. Don't expect that. You take those in there, and a month later they go, "Oh, by the way, we've got a computer here. Did you want that sent away?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I just thought you could store it on your shelf for as a paperweight. Yeah, so there's that. Good work, guys. Yeah. So, but yeah, and other than that, it's been pretty cool. Um, weather's been absolutely stupid. This has been hot as the last few days. It's been ridiculous. So, right. We forgot about winter. Winter's gone, done with. It's finished. We're back into somewhere getting storms. Yeah, those Danius. two days. Yeah, that's it. We didn't have winter this year. We really didn't. I I don't think I put a jumper on at all at any point this year. I think probably Telstra shipped it overseas to Philippines. <laughs> they outsourced winter this year. <laughs> Wouldn't they send it to America, didn't they? They had their coldest winter ever this year, I think it was. Or Canada. Someone had their coldest year ever. Yeah, the America. polar vortex. Yeah. That's where it went. They <laughs> sent it over there. Got a few extra bucks for it overseas. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Do what you can. Claim for some noose. Tighten that noose. Facebook's Instagram is officially launching its answer to the hit short video app TikTok. Instagram Reels 
new Instagram feature will let users record and edit 15 seconds videos with audio and let users add visual filters. Users will be able to share reels with followers in Instagram in a dedicated section called Reels in Explore or in the story feature where posts disappear after 24 hours. The Reels option will be available in the Instagram app. The company has been testing Reels in Brazil since November and in France, Germany and India since earlier US summer. Facebook has a long tradition, tradition of cloning competitive services. The Instagram story feature, which lets people share photos and videos that expire in 24 hours, is similar to Snapchat. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg faced tough questioning about the company's habit of copying rivals before congratulations. Wow, it autoplay. Sure he did. <laughs> They're like, what even is it, internet? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Facebook earlier launched a TikTok knockoff called Lasso in 2018, but closed that down in July. It also tried services similar to Snapchat called Slingshot and Poke before Instagram stories caught on. But those were separate apps. It might have more success with a feature built into Instagram. In fact, copying Snapchat's features was successful for Instagram in part because Snapchat was difficult to figure out for new users. They're already comfortable with Instagram. But TikTok is very easy to use, easier than Instagram. And part of the appeal is that you're able to sit back and scroll endlessly with just swipes without the need to follow anyone or post anything. Even with the success of stories, Snapchat remains popular with younger people though the Instagram feature has likely limited its growth. Snapchat has more daily users than Twitter. Reels is debuting in over 50 countries, including the US, the UK, Japan, Australia, and others, as well as officially launching in test countries, Brazil, France, and Germany, and India. So what you're saying is that um, Trump will allow Reels, but he won't allow... Um, How to TikTok stop competitors. And TikTok and WeChat. <laughs> Well, he'll let TikTok as long as Microsoft buys it, but he wants a cut of the deal because he's the one who came up with the idea. <laughs> Does that a president bans a company's products so that a competitor can purchase it and then he gets a cut of the deal? Just doesn't kind of sit right, does it? <laughs> it seems perfectly legit. Um I don't think he cares really who buys it as long as an American company buys it. Like he, he, I, I think he, I know he was saying Microsoft, but the things I've read, he basically want. But what he, he just doesn't understand how the internet works because they're only going to be buying like the front end of TikTok, mm-hmm. all the data storage, the manipulation, the throughput, the information is still going to be stored on servers in China. So it's. <laughs> It, it's it's a really it's the wrong way around. You just should care, shouldn't care who owns TikTok. You should care where the data is being stored. It's just weird. Um, Sounds very complicated got, for a president to understand, and I'm sure he has better <laughs> things to do, like golfing. I'm sure it's got you know nothing to do with the fact that the same day that Facebook launched, um, you know, Reels. launch reels was the same day that TikTok was told to go away. Like I'm sure they had nothing at all to do with it. <laughs> these these coincidences are just remarkable. I just it blows my mind how often these happen. I mean, I have to admit though, I saw a, in in Zuckerberg's defense, and I, I don't normally come to his defense, but I watched a, a thing on YouTube where somebody had taken real questions that the panel had asked him about security and AI and how the bots work and stuff like that. And he answered their questions and they're like, 
No, answer the question. He's like, I, I just did. They're like, no, in other words, we can understand. <laughs> and then there was one bit is like, one one guy said, oh, so if my mum's searching for something on the internet and and there's somebody at the other end who's answering the search with recommended things. And he's like, no, nobody does it. It's an algorithm. And he's like, yeah, but if somebody was doing it, then could they get her information? And he's like, no, <laughs> it's impossible. And the guy's like, no, I don't think so. I think you're wrong. And he yeah. turned around and walked up. And it's like, okay, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Zuckerberg does, but if you're going to investigate him and try and pin something on him, at least have a board that's competent. <laughs> you know, so you've actually hired 20 million people so that when somebody <laughs> types in a search, you quickly type in all the answers for them really fast. Yeah, and they do just, a thousand words a minute, man. It's brilliant. You know, there's another one. Um, I can't think of his name. Can you see Google is run by pigeon technology anyway? <laughs> um, th- did you ever watch a story years ago? I was like on Channel 7 or something. Back when thumb drives first came out. And like the 95% of the population had dial-up or like ADSL1. And this guy had racing pigeons. And he said, I bet you, you know, 100 bucks that I can get 2 gig of data across the city faster than you can. And they put 2 gig of data onto the thumb drive. And like they started the upload... And started copying to the thumb drive at the same time. They copied it to the thumb drive, walked downstairs, attached it to the pigeon, sent the pigeon off. Pigeon made its destination. They grabbed the thumb drive, put it on his computer, and took the file off his computer before the other one was even like 10% uploaded. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something to be said for pigeon technology. <laughs> right. But no, there was one I was watching. Um, I'm having a complete blank. I can't think of his name, but he repairs iPhones and stuff like that. And uh, he's been a big proponent of right to repair, which is a thing in the States that they're trying to not... (sighs) Manufacturers don't want it. They don't want people to be able to repair their products, but repairers obviously do, and people do. So they're working on right to repair. But he had to go to Italy because there was a a kid over there who was like 16 and had been watching him and learning how to repair iPhones and iPads and stuff like that. So he started his own repair business over there. And the, I don't know if it was the Italian government or someone over there complained, and he was then going to be fined for repairing these devices un- unlicensed, even though there's no licensed repairers in that country. Jeez. So he flew over to there and stood in front of their government and shot every single one of them down and proved every single one of them wrong. Yep. And they went, oh, oh I suppose we can let him off. <laughs> we <laughs> so, only work for big corporations. <laughs> We're a government. That's who employs us. But it took... Who tells us what to do. It took like two years. to, to This kid was going to... They are going to put him in prison and fine him and yeah. everything, you know? Like, yeah, it's dumb. But yeah, so... Um, but yeah, the short answer is that, that Trump has um, has given them to what another is it forty five days I think to say yeah. hey somebody better buy you otherwise you ban. Um, That's like a story I was reading recently where this woman had said that her next door neighbour was a really old guy and had run out of money so he couldn't pay his water bill so they shut it off so they let him come over to their house so that he could at least have a bath and get a bit of water to use in his house. And the government the council found out about it and shut off their water because it was illegal for them him. to let him use their water. Yeah. They're like, no, he can't have any water at all. You can't come to your place and use your water. Mm. Now you're providing him with the service. We have to shut you down because you're being nice. Yep. Yeah. 
No, we had we had friend when I was living in um, in Melbourne or in Geelong actually. Um, the uh, guys behind us were renovating, and they had they they all they had the old water pipes, and they're all just done. So they decided to get all their water pipes done, and they'd run a hose from our back um, from the back of our house. They ran it through the fence and to their house, so they had at least drinking water and wash their hands and stuff during the day. They weren't staying there every night. They didn't have a shower or anything, but so they just had water, you know. And the council come along and fined us for excess water usage because they were using our water. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not yeah. how this works. <laughs> and they're like, no, you're not allowed to, you know, their, their water's metered and your water's metered. I said, yes, my water is metered. I pay for how much water I use. It doesn't matter where yeah. I use it or how I use it. I'm still paying for it. And, and and they're like, no, but he's got his own metered water that he's supposed to be using. And I'm like, but, okay, let's think about this. He doesn't use any water on site. You don't get any money. He uses my water. You get money. Which do you want? Money or no money? <laughs> we ain't thought of that. Oh, shit, bro. Yeah, dumbasses. <sighs> anyway. That's how they get the jobs in council. You can't be too smart. Yeah, well, that's it. You can't be bright to work for the government, can you? You wouldn't want to be anyway. Nope. Well, there goes half our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> now for your story. <laughs> Well, I kind of people you can annoy. I kind of intertwined mine with yours, so I cheated a bit there. <laughs> uh, back to me then, is yeah, it? Yeah, nice segue. yeah. Bricks are about as basic as architectural materials can get, yet these simple building blocks have hidden powers that can be leveraged to provide electricity, according to a new story study. Scientists modified a common red brick, the same kind you'll find on sale for under a dollar at your local hardware store, so that it can power a green LED light. The proof of concept for a smart brick reveals that brick technology, which dates back thousands of years, can be tweaked to have futuristic applications, including electrical conductivity and sensing capabilities. The results were published in Tuesday in Nature Communications. We've created a new brick that can be incorporated into your house that has the functionality of storing electrical charge, said the study co-author, assistant professor of chemistry at Washington University in St. Louis. We're thinking that sensing applications low-hanging fruit for these bricks. The pigment in red bricks is partially derived from rust, which inspired the researchers to take a closer look at the structural properties of bricks to see if they could be converted to an energy storing device called a supercapacitor. In addition to tinkering with the conductivities and storage capacity, the researchers hope to demonstrate that air sensors or water purification systems could be integrated into the bricks. When water runs down your rooftop, it goes through the brick. What if the water gets purified when it comes down and you can finally collect it? We're always thinking about purifying water in a filter, but what if the house was a filter? In the near term, however, he and his colleagues are focused on boosting the efficiencies of these bricks so they can be incorporated as backup power source in regular homes such as emergency lighting system. Yeah, I get I'm reading a story. I actually saw the story earlier and I haven't had a chance to read it yet. It's an interesting concept. The problem is, I mean, they're using iron oxide to make the red, so they're right there that um, there is iron. The problem is when you use an electrolyte, which you couldn't use distilled water because distilled water won't conduct electricity. You would need to use an electrolyte, whether it's salt water or whatever. The problem you then have is that you're deteriorating the iron oxide to make the... So it would work, but every time you used it, you would at the very least leach the iron oxide out of the brick so you're either reducing reduce the capacity 
Yeah. Um, uh, they obviously don't... Uh, the <laughs> They don't understand physics if they're saying that water will run down your rooftop and go through the brick. That's not how it works because you need you need electro you need something to you know to conduct electricity. Whether it's salt, whether it's you know, there's a million different chemicals you could use that would do it, but they're all going to have some deterioration effect on the bricks. Mm. Mm. I mean, making a brick doing LED lights. Not we did that in science at school. We did it with bricks, you can do bits it with of wood. Lemons. Lemons, oranges, banana—like you can do it. Then it's not hard to do. Um, yeah. The and an LED is not hard to light. You can nearly, you know, if you do it right, you can you can make it out of um, an ice cube tray with dirt and two pockets and put it in there and you'll light it. Like making an LED light is not hard. Um, making it making it useful and sustainable is the problem. Um, mm. Yes, that's something they're going to have to work on. I don't. I mean, I, I get what they're saying, but I really struggle to. I can't find. I've I've read a couple of different stories. I need to find the like they've pub. I haven't gone through the notes they've published. Is what I'm saying. They've got a massive big document that's like eighty pages long or something. Um, yeah, solar I, roadway striker. <laughs> yeah, because that was hugely successful, wasn't it? You know that never. <laughs> they do that in the Netherlands. They've done it in a couple of places, and it's been it's been completely useless to absolutely useless. It's been oh. in, that, in that range somewhere, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, it, this is where the thing gets differentiated between theory and practice. A lot of stuff is possible in theory, but doesn't function in the real world mm. um, when you add. You add, you know, things like um, wear and tear and you add, you know, unknown or unthought of circumstances. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just reading, quickly reading their, um, this the thing now and they're basically saying they're using iron oxide and Fe3, which is what I thought, and they're going to use an acid, but they're not saying where the, how they're going to get the acid into the brick if it's supposed to be purifying the water. Mm. So I don't know. <laughs> but, um, anyway. Needs further research. I will read that later. I'm curious to see what they say. But I mean, look, if you want to know a lot about this sort of stuff, um, research a lot of Tesla's um, stuff. He did a lot of. Uh, he he used rocks, timber, earth. He used a lot of natural resources to create electricity. So it is a business called Tesla. <laughs> no, no. The, you know, yeah, Nicola. I mean, you you could probably research that as well, and you might learn something. But <laughs> it's not really, you know. But um, yeah, Nikola Tesla, like he was definitely he was doing uh, wireless power transmission, wasn't he? Uh, he did it and then turned it off when it sent everybody in this town mad. Um. So yes, it's not new. It's been done, and it caused huge disruptions to people's brains. So he this he. Basically, turned. I mean, he just <laughs> he destroyed his own workshop by accident. You know, with a he made an earthquake machine that destroyed his own workshop. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he was fantastically smart. He wasn't necessarily great at uh, fourth foresight, though. Speaking of wireless <laughs> charging, I was reading recently an article that you know the charge pads that you get for your phones. Yeah. Some guy hooked up a meter to the power the power socket on the house between that and the charge, the um, 
Qi charger yep. and found out that it draws probably an extra 80% of power yeah. that gets lost in the charging process rather than just plugging it straight in. If your Qi charger is 20% efficient, you're doing well. Most of them are 10 to 15% efficient. And given that you've already got an inefficiency from the mains power to the power supply to drop it down to 5 volt, you're talking an 80% efficiency conversion there, plus heat loss in the transformer, and then a 90% efficiency loss in the system. You're only really dealing with 1% or 2% of the power that starts off in your PowerPoint ending up in your phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's... And that was only under the, the best conditions where you got the phone positioned in the exact and, yeah. millimeter spot that it requires to say, I'm going to charge it properly. Yeah. And if you've got a case slightly on your, off and it even uses more. Yeah, if you've got a case on your phone, or like in my case, I've got a magnet, I've got a piece of metal on the back of my phone that I use to, because I've got the magnetic um, stands in the cars. Yeah. And that is actually almost thick enough to stop my key charger from working. And when it does oh. work, it works at about. 10% is normal speed. So yep. it would be maybe 1% efficient. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, well, Just as, go as, back to these things we've been talking about where it uses the rare earth magnet. To, the mag yeah, well, they, they work well because they're a direct direct, direct connection. So direct they're connection, still... Yep. But as Droker says, like solar panels are only 20, 20%. 20% of it is... If a, if a panel is 20% efficient, it, they're, you, you're pushing it. Most of them really are only 15% efficient. But... Yeah, for the, you know, efficiency is everything, but at the same time, so many people forget about it. Like the Prius, everybody bags out the Prius the way it looks and whatever, but the reason it was made that way was for aerodynamic efficiency. Its rolling resistance was so, so minimal that that was what allowed to get the, the fuel efficiency that they were they're after. Hmm. So, you know, people forget about conversion efficiencies and heat loss and stuff like that. Like, yes, there might be two or three ways of doing something, but in the real world, when you take efficiencies out of the, out of, or add efficiencies into the equation, a lot of those things don't actually work. Hmm. So, sounds really cool, though. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what sells the product, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> You, you just leave out the part. a good Greek geek cred and that's about it. You just leave out the parts where it's not going to work. The rest of it's fine. <laughs> so, um, speaking of leaving out parts, Toshiba. They are joining the ranks of Japanese tech giants that are bowed out of the PC industry. Um, wow, just Toshiba, not worth it anymore. Yeah, Toshiba's quietly sold its remaining 19.9% stake in Dynabook laptop brand to Sharp. And... Um, what are they going to do? Uh, they have uh, officially exiting laptop business and the PC business at large. The company hadn't been a major name PCs. It sold the 80.1% 80 80 stake to Sharp in 2018, but it's still notable at the end of a 35-year chapter of the film's history. Firm's history. Company's pioneered the portable computer space. As Computer World explained, its T1100 from 1985 is widely considered to be the first mainstream laptop computer. Uh, set a design template um, for portables that didn't change much until Apple's PowerBook line arrived in 91. Toshiba thrived in the 90s and 2000s with satellite port portage and uh, Cosmio. Cos Cosmio? I could never remember how to say that. And Portage. <laughs> portage. Portage. Yeah. Portage. Same thing. Um, portage is a thing where you carry your canoe from one lake to another. Ah, that's what a portage go. is. <laughs> I don't know what it actually means, but I know that's that, what you do. That if you, sounds very French. If you stop end of one lake, you got to pick your canoe up and carry it to the other lake. That's called a portage. I don't know what it means, uh -huh. but that's what, that's what you do. 
Uh, the writer's first laptop was a 13.3-inch satellite from 2002. Um, so it's not not exactly sure what prompted their decline, although there's a number of likely factors. Um, the failed bet on the HD DVD didn't help. Yeah, well, wah, that? Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> uh, laptops whose mains features became useless once Blu-ray and streaming took over. Um, Rob was like, "Does the Blu-ray sound cooler than HD DVD, though?" <laughs> well, it's easier cooler to say. name. That's why I added. It's easier the to say. Companies took it up. That's why it won. Anytime technology comes out, whichever one the porn industry adopts becomes the main one. Yep, and that's why um, VHS won out over Betamax. Yep, because VHS had stereo. Betamax was such a top quality product that even the TV studios kept using it, but. That was where they sold all of their devices to was TV studios because the quality was great, but everyone at home got VHS. Yeah, because of the stereo. The first, very first movie I watched on VHS was the BMX Bandits. Ah. <laughs> they were Nicky Kidman back in the day. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, that we that was we had we still had the Betamax because most of the stuff at the video show, store was still Betamax, but there was... One rack of where it was starting to uh, to show VHS. <laughs> Striker says his mum was in BMX Bandits. Oh, really? Did she know mm. Nikki? <laughs> uh, that movie's aged so bad, but I, I've, I actually watched it a couple of years ago again just to see if it was what I remembered. It's exactly as bad as I remembered it being. So <laughs> I remember hearing the the Americans were confused because one of the kids said they were feeling a bit crook, and crook yeah. in America is a criminal. They're like, how can you feel a bit criminal? I don't understand what's going on. Here. Well, it was like in, um, uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. The one had Fat Amy in it. Um, uh, Pitch Perfect. Yeah. There's a scene in that where she's like, she just comes out of the tent. She's like, I think I just crop dusted everybody inside. <laughs> None of the Americans understood what that was, but like <laughs> the Aussies loved it. So, we'll out the front of it. We digress. Yeah, but um, yeah, so no more. And I mean, I guess the last things they were known for making was the rugged ones. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of the mine companies and military were still using their, their ruggedized ones. So don't know what they're going to um to go to now. It's going to be interesting. Hmm. So, but what are they? I'm trying to think, what else? Tough. Uh, Toshiba doesn't really do much else like you know they don't i guess they do do the odd tv and stuff but not really they're not as big a well-known brand as they used to be uh, i mean they do a lot of printers and storage they're known for that sort of stuff hmm. um but yeah they don't really you know, it'd be interesting to see if they just if they just stick to them. i mean they might do i guess if they it's probably like sony where they make most of their money from insurance yeah, well, they're saying... They started their own insurance business, and that's where they make all the money from. Well, they're saying here that they have um, an energy retailer, so... I don't know. Could be. We'll see. We shall see. Um, what else you got? Was that me or you? That was me. No, that was you. Wait, who was that? <laughs> I don't I know. Don't it starts off me and ends up being us. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. What are we doing? Uh, Have we started yet? Who are you and why don't the children visit anymore? Can I start recording now? <laughs> Your time starts now. Uh, um, I can do another one. This one here, Uni Hertz Titan. 
Uh, it's an interesting. I, it, it just struck me as interesting because it actually has. It's a ruggedized phone, um, four and a half inch screen. So it's a small screen. It's a part more a BlackBerry. It's not though. This is the thing. These guys have designed this phone, and it's got an actual key, physical keyboard on it. Um, which makes it great because if you're wearing gloves or you're on a because it's weatherproof, waterproof, ruggedized, all that sort of stuff. If you're in a wet environment, a touchscreen doesn't work. Or if you're you know um, if you're wearing gloves, a touchscreen doesn't work. So they've actually gone back to putting a keyboard on. It's a reasonable size keyboard too, by the looks. Is of that it. a removable battery as well? What yeah, a removable battery? What <laughs> what know. is this strange technology? Keyboards and removable batteries? Is this the 1990s? It's um. It's, uh, yeah, you know, 4.5 inch screen. It's not huge, but it's certainly fine. Dual SIM. Um, 60 RAM, 128 gig storage, micro SD, 16 meg rear, 8 meg front camera, backlit QWERTY keyboard, running Android Built 9. Built-in FM radio, do you remember that? Yeah, I know, right? Oh. 6 amp hour battery, um, USB-C, dual SIM, fingerprint reader, face recognition, built-in FM radio. Why does it so, require headphones to be fitted for FM radio? They use it for the aerial. Yeah, that's why. Which was I always found so annoying because <laughs> I used to have a Nokia that you had to use the headphones. I'm like, why? And then I figured out you actually didn't. You could actually get a a little loudspeaker thing that you could actually push in there instead. So uh. you could use a yeah, use a loudspeaker. But um, they basically so the keyboard took a bit of getting used to. But basically, because they've been using on-screen keyboards for years, um, there's. No obvious way to turn off the keyboard backlighting, which is a bit of a pain, apparently. Um, but they're saying the battery lasts a few days of runtime without without trying. Um, We've come full circle, haven't we? You know, the accessories are bundled. Um, you know, standard accessories, standard earphones, that sort of stuff. Dual SIM was good, uh, but if you're going to use the micro SD, you lose one SIM, so that's quite a common hmm. thing. You can have one or the other. But it's got 128 gig of built-in, so you may not need a micro SD with it. Um, it took it outdoors. They dropped it, got it wet, flushed it down the toilet, all that sort of stuff. Works fine. Um, the neat part is it's only 400 bucks, or 340 bucks US. So that's pretty cool. So it's relatively cheap compared to the cat phone. The only thing the cat phone's got that this doesn't, well, really, the cat phone's got the um, the infrared camera. Ah. Um, but it's like two grand, so you can <laughs> buy a USB infrared camera for about two hundred bucks. So for six hundred bucks, you can have that anyway. Yep. Um, the only way thing that you can't upgrade to Android ten at this stage, um, but that's not necessarily a big deal. You, they can fix it, you know. Most likely don't need it, but um, but no, they they said it. You know, they're quite impressed with it for sort of a out of nowhere left wing phone that has sort of appeared on the market. Yep. So, yeah, so if you want a, a ruggedized phone with a keyboard, which, as I said, is actually quite useful in many situations, um, then by all means, yeah, the Uni Unihertz Titan, it's called. <coughs> is that a bit like a Hertz donut? Um, yeah, but where's the Titan? Why is it Titan? Why is it hurting? I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Dropbox is officially launching a handful of new consumer features out of beta today, along with some new tools for businesses. And cloud storage giant first introduced its password manager, replete with a standalone mobile app for Android and iOS back in June. 
Similar to other password management apps on the market, Dropbox Password stores and encrypts users' online passwords and syncs them across all devices, desktop and mobile, so users don't have to remember multiple login credentials. Dropbox passwords can also suggest strong, randomly generated individual passwords for your online services, such as Facebook, Twitter, Netflix, and Dropbox itself. Dropbox passwords is the result of last year's acquisition of Massachusetts-based Fault, which swiftly shuttered its own apps ahead of integration with Dropbox. Dropbox passwords is available to everyone on a Dropbox Plus or professional subscription from today. The San Francisco-based company is also launching its previously announced computer backup feature in general availability today. The tool, which is available for Dropbox Basic Plus and professional users, automatically creates a cloud-based backup of any folder stored on a PC or Mac and is continuously synced. I haven't used Dropbox for ages. No particular reason. Just guess because my son... We used it for our show assets for this show. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess because I'm always signing to Google, I just use Google Docs. Mm. Um, no real reason, or Google Drive, whatever it's called. There's no real reason not. I don't use Dropbox other than, yeah. I, I mean, I used to use Dropbox, and then I started getting Samsung phones, and Samsung phones have their own backup and everything. So Not anymore. That, so then you have the Samsung Samsung one, switching to the OneDrive. Well, yeah. So then, yeah, well, that was the other one. You got the OneDrive. So then you've got Dropbox, you've got OneDrive, you've got the Samsung thing, and you've got the Google thing all going on. It's like, nah, too much. So too many. <laughs> I, just, I just kept it all with Google. But no, Dropbox is good. Um, I have used it quite a lot. Remember they the had that online one years ago called, I think it was XDrive? Yeah. That was one of the first ones I'd heard about. It's there like an extension few. you had to install on your computer and you could synchronize stuff up there. I wonder what happened to that one. If the, you've got iCloud. No, we didn't forget iCloud. We, Eric's not on, so we don't have to mention Apple products. Yeah, exactly. We didn't forget about it. We just didn't talk about it. There's a difference. <laughs> but same same thing. Like It's just another thing that you need to, you know, need to remember or have access to or, or whatever, you know. And then you've got seg- segregation. So you've got the problems if you've got a document you're working on and you've got it in Google Docs and then you, actually, you upload another document to, you know, Dropbox, and then you go looking for the thing you thought was there, and it wasn't. And you get spent half an hour looking for it somewhere else, only to realise you put it somewhere else. So, yeah, it's easy. It's got to be just, on one of these bloody things. Just have it in one spot and, and be done with it. You know, I think it's a, at the end of the day, you know, pick pick one. It doesn't doesn't matter which one you pick. Just pick one. Yeah. You know, and use that one. Um, they all give you so much space that you're never going to use it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, having said that, six forty k should be enough for anyone. My Google. I got a thing the other day when I logged in saying I've used like 95% of my storage. <laughs> I had done that. Then I went through and deleted so much stuff that yeah. didn't need to be there. I had like backups from my phone back when Picasso was still a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently they'd copied all my stuff off Picasso wow, across Picasso. into my Google Drive. <laughs> I must have checked that, do that thing box at some point because it did that. And there was like, yeah, whatever it was. I've used 44.9% to 4.9 gig. So, yeah, well, it depends if I want to check. If I check my Gmail, I've used like 50% of my Gmail, but I've used like 90% of my Google. Yeah. So I don't know if it incorporates the Gmail. I don't know if it takes that figure as well when it considers Google Drive usage. Yeah. Because if it does, then that explains where a lot of that is because I've got a lot of attachments in my emails. But if it doesn't use that 
17 gig or whatever you've got with with 20 gig or whatever it is you've got with Gmail, if that's separate to the storage you've got, <laughs> then I've got a lot of stuff in there I don't know that I didn't know that I've got. <laughs> so, that's where you store, store all your Linux distros. No, that's what torrents are for. Um, right. <laughs> see how it works. We actually pay the upgraded drive. So we've got the... Jiggle. The 100 gig storage or whatever it is, you know, the, the bigger storage, because we, yeah, we use it a fair bit at work. All I out. got a one-year trail to Google One, which gave me so much storage, I couldn't use it all up, and then expired, and they're like, would you like to pay us for this now? I'm like, nope, don't need to do that, <laughs> yeah, but thanks for the one-year subscription to give me nothing. Now I'm going figure out what to do with all this data. Like, I've got it all, now where do I put it? Yeah, what happens when it runs out if you've got, like, <laughs> yeah. 100 gig on there and they're like oh here's a subscription run out give well, us money to unlock it or it's ours forever that's what happened with dropbox i i referred a friend and referred a friend and referred a friend and ended up with you know whatever many hundreds of gigs or whatever it was i had a lot of stuff in there and then they went oh we're charging for this now you've had it for 12 months and i'm like well okay where do i put this 100 gig of data that i've now got sitting in this dropbox yeah. You know, and how long the hell, how long is that going to take to bloody download that sort of data, you know? That's what mine was like with a OneDrive. I don't even know how much space I've got on OneDrive. It doesn't really tell you. Because I had a backup, um, and I was, I was doing online backups, and the company I was using um, changed companies, but you had to change data. You couldn't, you couldn't, leave your data where it was and they wouldn't export it you had to export it to the new host the problem is it wasn't a direct export from company to company because the data was encrypted when it went up and only decrypted when it hit your computer you yeah. had to download the program you had to download the data that was held online in your storage to your computer so that the new app could grab it and re-upload it to the other drive <laughs> to re-encrypt it so I had oh, a terabyte of data or whatever it was backed up that I then had to download and at the same time I'm simultaneously uploading to the new <laughs> surface. I'm like, for crying out loud, there's got to be a better way. Oh, there I found it. 5 gig of 15 gig OneDrive used. So yeah. I've got three times the amount on OneDrive. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... Is online storage as big of a deal as it used to be? I mean, most people have so much data. I mean, I understand. But I'm not talking about backups. Backing up's different because that's something everybody should do. That's what my do. Synology's for. Yeah. Well, I was say that's why I've got both a mirrored drive in my computer and a mirrored drive in my NAS. So I actually have four backups. Um, if I remember to actually enable it. <laughs> but is the necessity of online storage now that Main now that physical storage is so cheap, whether it's an external hard drive, whether it's a, another hard drive in your computer, you know, two terabyte drives are eighty bucks now. Yeah, you know, or less. You can get it for fifty five bucks on sale. Hmm. Is the need for an online backup? Is it being used as online backup anymore? Or is purely online data literally just that? It's something a, a portable document you want other people to have access to. You know. The use case for online data, I don't see it as being what we once associated it as being. No. Um, and most documents, I mean, you can send 25 meg attachments in 
in in Gmail. You know, anything and, bigger than that, just send another one. Well, that or you send a you know a, a Dropbox link or a Google link or whatever. But you don't if you're working on collab stuff. It's usually presentations or things like that. So they're not big documents anyway. Yeah. You know, so I'm wondering if the the fact that you've got 15 gig storage sitting there is it something you're really going to use? You know, probably not. And as as Strocker said, you know, my NAS does the same thing. I got Synology as well. Let you create your own cloud storage anyway. So you, you, technically, you've got that wherever you've got access to the internet anyway. Yeah. And then if I wanted to, I guess I could have that back up online. If I, you know, if I did have Just a, use the uh, Amazon servers. Yeah. Three back up. Well, and that's probably a cheap way of doing it. Actually, a couple of bucks a month, you get how many terabytes of data, and you just back up onto a hard drive. You don't worry about all the fancy backup algorithms and everything to go with it. You know, yep. you just once a month or whatever, just shove it over there. So you just get cha- charged for the differences. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, uh, I think the way we. You know, I always used to say you used to have to have three copies of something to have a backup because your original copy doesn't count. Yeah. You know, and then you had to have one physical backup and then one virtual backup, whether or off site backup, whether that was on the line or whether that was on a thumb drive or, you know, because if your house burns down, having your physical copies in the house isn't going to help you, is it? No. So, but that, that, that last step now is becoming less and less, especially with SSDs, because a lot of SSDs have been shown to be fire, and you can get fire resilient, like um, SanDisk actually do a fire fireproof external hard drive. Right. You know, it's waterproof, it's fireproof, so it doesn't matter if your house does burn down now, because you can still get your hard drive. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Don't know. What I do know though. Is it apparently Apple think that pears are apples? What? Hmm. I thought they're about as similar as apples and oranges. Chalk and cheese. Or Woolworth symbols. Yep. <laughs> so apparently, um, the it appears the use of the f- of fruit in newly registered logos or trademarks is monitored closely by Apple. Uh, while it's understandable due to its iPhone makers wish to protect its brand, the legal filing date of March 25th reveals Apple's opposition to a recipe maker's logo and highlights the ramifications of such objections to small companies. As reported in iPhone in Canada, Prepare is at the heart of the legal ob- objection developed by Super Healthy Kids. Prepare is a recipe plan, grocery list, and meal organization mobile application on iOS and Android. In an Instagram post, the app's developer said Apple has objected to the firm's logo, claiming that the pear is used too close to the Apple logo and hurts the Apple's brand. So what um, electronic devices does Prepare sell? <laughs> what fruit does Apple sell? Right. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it's getting ridiculous. It really is. Um, we've got the same thing at work at the moment. We have a... Um, <clears throat> Maxon, which is our our brand of batteries that we sell at work, has a, a bull as the logo, like a, a stamping you know stamping bull about to charge. Yep. Some Italian or French company has decided that they have started the company with 
this charging pool as the logo. So they've decided that we need to change our logo because their startup has used that logo. What? <laughs> huh? <laughs> so what we what they did was they um instead of just copywriting the brand and then the logo, they literally copyrighted that as one thing, saying that our branding is our logo, like they're the same thing. Right. So it's not just the bull as our logo, it's our brand and our logo, it's all one thing and you can't have one without the other. Yep. And that confused them because now they don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> we can play your game, son. <laughs> so, but basically, yeah, the you know, Apple's... Um, well, this prepare mob put out a petition. At the time of this article, they had 23,000 signatures saying, um, go away, Apple, you know, it's none of your business. They're um, nearly a $2 trillion company for the first one and Tim Apple is now worth a billion dollars. Mm. I know, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, it's like... And at the end of the day, if Apple decide to, to come in, they're going to have to give. They're not going to have a choice. Yeah. Now, this company's got like five employees. Like, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, if Apple go, no, we, we're going to take you to court and we're going to sue you for everything you're worth, then at the end of the day, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to. They give. should have the pair with a bite out of one side. They're on the left-hand side instead of the right-hand side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like the Simpsons had Mapple. No, yeah. <laughs> Tamaki. Yeah. Genius Media Group was pretty clever when it used digital watermarks to show that Google had been copying its huge collection of song lyrics. One of those watermarks spelled red-handed in Morse code. That Google was caught lifting another site's song lyrics made international news and even merited a mention during Congress's big tech hearing late last month. But was Google scraping illegal? On Monday, a New York federal judge dismissed the claims by Genius. Genius doesn't own copyrights to the song lyrics. The rights belong to publishers and songwriters. Genius does have a license to the song lyrics in question. Additionally, Genius spends a lot of time and millions of dollars facilitating collaborative lyric transcription. Can't it protect its sweat? Genius believed so. Genius prohibits its users from transmitting its transcriptions for commercial purposes. Google breached the terms of service, claimed a complaint filed in New York State Court. After the case was filed last December, Google had it removed to federal court on the basis that Genius's state claims were preempted. As the federal court provides the exclusive jurisdiction for copyright controversies, the initial question in this case was whether Genius was doing anything more than just disguising copyright claims. That's the subject of a new 36-page opinion from U.S. District Court Judge Margot Brody. There's little doubt that the transcribed song lyrics fit within the types of works protected by Copyright Act, and thus satisfy subject matter of a preempted claim. However, under precedent, state contract claims over what's typically regarded as intellectual property can nevertheless survive so long as there's an extra element at play. That could be contractual obligations that are qualitatively different from a copyright claim. Here, Brody rejects the proposal that Genius's attempt to guard against scraping for profit constitutes an extra element. So, Google wins. Yeah. And this is something that I don't think people understand when the way Google searches sites, they don't take the data. It's your data. It's still there. They haven't pulled it from your website. They've just simply, presented it differently. Yeah, they've just scraped it so that when you search for it, 
their search engines know where to go to find it. And when it brings up a result, it brings up a paragraph or whatever of that particular thing you're looking for. So it's not... They're probably a bit annoyed because if you do search for lyrics, zombies by Cranberries, it'll put the whole song there in the Google search, Hmm. but not send you to the page where it came from first. It'll have all the lyrics and then at the bottom it'll have a link to that page that it got the lyrics from. So they're probably thinking, oh, Google stole our stuff. So this is like the argument last week with the... Australian government saying that, with or the Australian media saying that you need to charge for people you send to our site. Yeah, it it's based on the fact that people don't understand how search engine works, and that that's literally what it comes down to. People think that they're stole, they're stealing my data, therefore they have to pay for it. But it's not their data; it's your data. It always has been. If you don't want them looking for it, put it in the robot te- robots text and say, "Don't come here." Yeah, that'll stop them. <laughs> then you also don't get indexed and nobody finds your site. Yeah, so I mean, you, you either Good want with it. you either want their help or you don't want their help. You can't have it both ways. You can't have <laughs> them search your site but not release your information. <laughs> That's just, not, I mean, do they still have the I'm feeling? Let me have a look. They used to have the I feeling I'm feeling lucky button. They don't have it anymore. I noticed they had now that if you go to Google Images, you can't click on the image and download it from there. If you click on the image, it takes you to the website where you can then download the image if you want to or can, unless they've protected it in some way. But um, you used to be able to just go do a search for red giraffe, find a Google image, and then download it from there. But it's very difficult on mobile to do that now. There's no actual download button or anything that you can click on. You just long press on it and download it. I just do screenshot. You can do that it. too. I so normally just long press on it and it says download image. If I long press on it, it says share or visit site. But That's I know they're doing, that, get. they're doing that web, WebM or whatever it is now for the image. They're not doing it as a JPEG anymore. Yep. Um, but yeah, if you there's the thing where you can go put in something and go, I'm feeling lucky, and it will take you to the first website. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess I did type in test, so I should have expected awesome. that. But it'll take <laughs> what you. What would the, you expect? Yeah, it'll take you to the first one that comes up with that. Um, but they don't have. If you go to the Google.com, they don't have uh, images and videos and stuff on their site anymore. You've got to actually search for. Um, you know, search for an image and then oh, I've got speed test as well. Well, you test, yeah, if you search for test, you will. But yeah, if you need to search for an image, you type in what you want to search for, then you've got to go to images. You can't do it straight off the page anymore either. If you do testing and then hit I'm uh, lucky, it comes up with coronavirus getting tested from the Victorian <laughs> state government. That's not surprising either. <laughs> um, and then when you find your red giraffe here, yeah, like we're talking about, yeah, you used to be able to. Well, you can save that thumbnail image if you want, but that's only a low res. Yeah, you can go there and you can save that one as well. Yeah. Um, but if you're doing that on mobile, you know, long press on it just says visit site or share. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like that's they even on desktop now. This is only a low res version of the image yeah. that's on the site. So then you've got to go into the website. I notice a lot of them now are deactivating right-click on the website as well, which yep. is annoying. You can't do that. Well, I can. I'll just screen grab it. doesn't worry me. Like, Right. <laughs> That's all I do. You just go Windows S, drag a board block around it, copy. It's in my clipboard now. Yeah, that's it. It's not Try like stop that. Yeah. You know, you, you've just, all you've done is make me not want to go back to your website anymore. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, but yeah, I think the whole notion of copyright and fair use, and I mean, I look, I understand why it's in place, but digital media has to have different concept of copyright and fair use than physical media. Yeah, you know, if something's online, it's online, and. It's been proven time and time again the the freeware concept works really well. Use a program, like a program, donate for the program if you want to. And most people will at some point donate at least a small amount to that program. It's the same with songs or videos or images. It's the same thing. You give it away for free, people use it, and a percentage of people will pay for it. If you try to charge people for it, people will figure out a way to avoid paying for it and you won't get any money at all. That's what happened with the MP3s. Yeah. They're like, oh, let's DCM everything. Don't let anyone touch it. And they're like, Apple's like, well, what if we just took off protection? Hmm. Oh, we made a lot of sales now that we took off protection. Yeah, because they can use that thing on fire. Same for torrented movies. They're like, oh, don't let the torrents get it. Oh, actually, now that people have seen the crappy quality in torrent, they're actually buying it online in high quality or going to the shop and buying it from there now that they've seen it in the low quality first to make sure they like it. Yep, that's right. But um, we won't tell you that because then you will buy it going to go through a torrent. There was actually um, a band who released, and it's a fairly big band. I want to say it was like Green Day or... It was a relatively big band anyway. Um, they released they, their whole album on... They released their entire album for free. Um, with MP3s and stuff, and they said, "Look, give us what you think it's worth." Yep. And um, they had an album prior to that that they had uh, they had charged for, and they only made I can't remember how much money they made on it. But then this one that they released for free, they yep. made more money, like tenfold on this one that they released for free because everybody was giving them 20 cents for it instead of 100,000 people giving them $30. Yeah. You know, so they made so much more money at the end of the day by releasing it for free. Yeah. You know, and it's... I think a lot of programs are starting to figure that out. Like, um, you know, like... In, in, Inkscape, for example, is a fantastic program. And I was talking about last week, like OpenOffice and <coughs> LibreOffice and all these are free programs. And people use it for a while and then they're happy to throw a few bucks in because this program has been amazing. It's done what they wanted to do. They haven't been nagged. They haven't been asked to donate. They haven't, you know, and, I, and eventually they go, yeah, I'll chuck them 10 bucks. Yeah. You know? So like Adblock on Chrome. About once every two years, when I do a system reinstall, it goes, "Hey, we notice you've already get, you've already donated, but you know, would you like to chuck us more money? I go, yeah, you have another ten bucks. Yeah, you know, if they said, "Hey, you owe us ten bucks a year," I'd go, "Well, screw you." <laughs> yeah, it's it's that Radiohead. Radiohead, there. Yeah, I knew it was a relatively big group. So, um, or the other thing you do is you value add. So there was another band that had their free album and they released it free for everybody to listen to but then they had 
like a $150 album. There wasn't anything in between. There was a free one and there was like this $150 one. And what they did was this album came in like this massive, big, looked like an old school book that you opened up and it was all done in gold and leather work. Collector's and, edition. And then inside there was an SD card that sat in the middle of this <laughs> this big thing. But they made so much money from the free ones because people were donating to it. But then they had backlogged, like they only expected to sell a handful of these, you know, these collectors things. But they'd sold thousands and thousands of these collectors things that they'd backlogged the for like six months it took them to get them out because they had to get so many more made, you know. So I should have had a Kickstarter. Yeah, that's before Kickstarter was even a thing. Should um, mention that the Spectrum Next Kickstarter two just happened and they reached their goal within five minutes. Oh, I saw that, yeah. They've now had like three times the amount of money pledged as what they were hoping to raise. Yeah, so I thought very that, happy with that. thought that was pretty cool, actually. I saw that. You tweeted that, didn't you? Yeah. I saw it somewhere, yeah. I think it worked out to be about $547 AU, which is a bit much for me because I just don't have the time or storage. Or, yeah. I never had a Spectrum anyway. But they put on their own core um, images and you can run other emulation software for other computers on there, including arcade cabinets like MAME does. Yeah. And it emulates it exactly the same as if it was one of those machines. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's ultimately, I think that's what people are after. They want... Um, Value-added. They want that... Stuff. Well, they want that ability that... Okay, they're not 100%. The hardware doesn't have to be 100% exactly the same as long as the experience is the same. Yeah. You know, uh, this is what this is what we're saying about some of the things like the Mini Nintendo and stuff that's been released. The experience isn't the same because mm. the they change too much. I get they're going to change the hardware over years. I, I understand that's going to change, but the console was too small. The cables are too short. You know, the, the experience of using the the product isn't the same experience you would normally get you know the the key the even down to the controller like whilst it was the same size it didn't feel the same it didn't have the same tactile feel as what the old ones had you know so you can get away with fudging the hardware a bit but yeah your user experience is going to really determine ultimately how successful something is and when you're emulating something that was hugely popular which a lot of those older ones were especially the arcade side of it when there's some massively popular arcade games back in the day if you don't get that emulation right there's no point yeah. you, you might as well not even bother you know um i was playing something the other day somebody's done a i think it was ghouls and ghosts and they've got a online version through the browser oh. and it was like 95 percent good but it was actually too smooth. If you ever played Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghouls and Ghosts was actually a really horribly synced <laughs> game. The sprites were always out of phase and the, the movements were jerky. Like it, That's how it was in the arcade. I got so used to playing it like that and I got so... that That's how the game worked and you used some of these glitches to your advantage in the game. That's when it actually plays you. properly, you can't play it. <laughs> <laughs> Your hitboxes actually line up now and things that you used to do don't work anymore and you're like, ah! <laughs> No more tricks. So, yeah. So, it's all about the user experience on the retro stuff. It really is. Anyway, I think we've yabbered on long enough tonight. Thanks for listening to Don't the Aussie Tech Show Podcast Weekly. 
We can be found at facebook.com slash Aussie Tech Heads, twitter.com slash Aussie Tech Heads, and youtube.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Also now at patreon.com slash Aussie Tech Heads, sign up for $4 a month, $10 a month, or from several other tiers. See the site for details. Email us glenwheelandwarlock at aussietechheads.com.au. You can hear Aussie Tech Heads on aussietechradio.com, 24-7 back-to-back play of some of the best tech-related shows from around Australia and New Zealand. New shows are added each Friday. See you next time. Bye.